This is episode 110, featuring a coaching call with a runner named JT, who needs help with pacing, race strategy, and tune-up races before his fall goal race. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, and today I'm featuring a coaching call I had with a runner named JT, who's getting back into more formal training after a few years of inconsistent running. JT is actually someone I've met in real life. We shared a beer together a while back in Denver while he was traveling through the city, and he's currently a member of Team Strength Running. I'm going to be doing more of these coaching calls on the podcast, so if you're interested, be on the lookout for invitations to chat with me on my Instagram page. You can find me at JasonFitz1, where I post a lot of video Q&As, insights into my own training, and behind-the-scenes going-ons at Strength Running HQ. I also want to thank Rope89 for leaving a recent podcast review on iTunes. These are really important, they mean a lot, and besides sharing the show with your running friends, there really is no other way to tell me that you enjoy the show. Rope writes, I came across Jason's podcast when he was on another running podcast I listened to. Glad I found him because he is serving up great information from a unique perspective with a rich background to support what he is talking about. He will even respond to your emails personally. I would recommend to all runners. Thank you so much for your review. And you're right, I do respond to just about every email I receive. So if you do have a question or an issue that you'd like my help with, you can always reach me at support at strengthrunning.com. Okay, everyone, let's get to our coaching call. Like I mentioned, JT has put a five-mile race on the schedule in November, and he's currently training through the Texas summer heat. He's curious about setting an appropriate time goal, how to work through tune-up races, and whether time trials work the same way, and finally, how to pace his goal race. Please welcome JT to the Strength Running Podcast. Well, first of all, thanks for coming on and talking a little bit more about your running and what's going on and some things that you really want to do in the future. So what are we talking about, JT? I I think when we were setting up this call, you were wondering about setting uh, a goal time when all of your previous personal bests are a couple years old, and then your training is going to be in pretty hot weather compared with race day. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I'm I'm glad I have the opportunity to talk to you um, about this specifically. Uh, so for about maybe three, three and a half years, I wasn't really training with my running. I was doing some, you know, still doing some running, but it was about half of what my, you know, maybe my normal mileage was the last time I was really training and in peak fitness. So it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to use, you know, equivalent performance or, or base, you know, uh, my next upcoming race off of a time that I may have ran four or five or nine years ago. Um, so I'm a little unsure how to target this particular race that I want to run. It's a five mile race coming up and, you know, around Thanksgiving, uh, on Thanksgiving. And then, the other piece of it is I live in Austin. Uh, right now, it is very hot and very humid. 
Um, I can go at seven o'clock in the morning and it's, you know, almost 80 degrees and 85% humidity. And I'm really hoping that the race is not going to be like that, that it's going to be cooler, lower humidity, you know, maybe even 20 or 25 degrees cooler. So I'm not really sure how to approach that race or approach my training, knowing that race day may look very different from where I'm at right now. This is a really great question. And I think, first of all, we should step back and say, look, your five mile goal race that you have in November is, you know, about three months away. And the training that you're doing now is not really going to predict what you're going to be able to do in November, not only because it's three months away, it's kind of a long time, you're going to do a lot of training between now and then, but also because of the heat factor, you know, you are going to be able to race faster in a lower humidity and lower temperatures. That's just kind of how it works. You know, it's almost like when you come up to Denver and the altitude's higher, you just are going to run a little bit slower. It's one of those burdens on you're running that you really can't shake, you know, running in 90 degrees with very humid conditions is just like running at 8,000 feet altitude. You can't escape that burden on your performance. Um, the other thing I would say is that, you know, you are racing a pretty short race. It's only five miles. And one of the things that I think you should probably do is establish a bunch of tune-up races, you know, maybe 5k, even a 10K, you know, other five mile races. The great thing about short races, like what you're planning on, is that you can run a bunch of them. You know, you don't have to limit yourself to one or two races during the entire season, like you might with a marathon. You know, the marathon is just so challenging that you can't run a marathon every two, couple weeks. <laughs> That's just right. not how it works. But with a five mile race, you know, you could surely race every other week or, or even every week for the last four to six weeks of your training block. So if you started looking at other races in the area and started putting a couple 5Ks, maybe a 10K or another five mile race that you find on your training schedule, those will give you the equivalent performances that you need to estimate what you can do on race day for this actual goal race, the five miler. Um, and, and, you know, the first race that you run, you are right. You're, you're not really going to be able to know exactly how fast or how slow you're going to be running that because you haven't raced in a long time and you haven't really been training seriously for a couple of years. So uh, there, there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty heading into that race. And I think you can sort of base your performances early on in the season during those tune-up races on some of those workouts that you've been doing and things like that. So you can certainly, you know, estimate based on your easy pace or estimate based on uh, a tempo run that you might have done recently or a series of track repetitions. And then after you've run that first race, that's going to give you some real good data that you can then use to better estimate your finish time and your pacing strategy for that five miler. But, you know, the heat is kind of a separate issue. You're just going to have to do the best you can until it cools down a little bit. Right. So. I, I like racing and I like running fast, um, or at least faster than you know I, I normally do during my my training runs. Um, I'm not excited uh, always about you know paying forty five dollars for a five k, you know where I I have to go and it takes you know three or four hours by the time I leave the house and drive to the race and do the race and come back to the house. Um, and it's it's not awesome with with kids either. 
are there things I can do in my my training, maybe by myself, that that will give me a lot of the benefit of doing you know a, a frequent race that you know may be a little easier on the schedule and not you know maybe not cost quite as much. You could do some harder workouts um, and mimic the workouts on the race that you might have wanted to run or or could run. So, for example, if you were going to race a 5K, you know, instead of that, you could just get on the track and do a series of, you know, 800s or thousands or uh, mile repetitions so that the total distance of fast running that you're going to be doing adds up to roughly 5,000 meters and give yourself some pretty short rest, you know, maybe a minute or a minute and a half. And if you did a workout like that, that would uh, mimic many of the demands of the race. And really what we're talking about are race-specific workouts. So three times a mile at your goal, 5K pace with a minute recovery, that's a really hard workout. It's a little bit easier than the race itself because you are getting some recovery and you know, it's it's just there's less pressure and, and things like that. But there really is no substitution for an actual race. First of all, because, you know, if it's a certified course, you know that you're actually running the actual distance. And the other reason is because there's something magical about race day. There's something that you can't mimic during a workout or doing a solo time trial that you get on race day. There's something about the energy of the crowd and the gun on the starting line and just all the hormonal benefits that you get from being a little bit more excited on race day. And the fact that you might be a half of a mile from the finish line thinking about that $45 that you spent for this race and how you don't want to waste it. And that is such a powerful psychological boost that you could get a lot more out of yourself during a tune-up race than you ever will in a workout. So I will encourage you to run some tune-up races. I understand, you know, I have three kids myself and it's it's a challenge to get away from them for a full morning and, and go do a run and kind of, you know, be on your own little schedule and do your thing. But if, if you have some real aspirations in this five-mile race, planning at least two tune-up races beforehand is, is, I think it's really critical to getting everything out of yourself that you want to on race day for the five-miler and also giving you the data that you need to better influence what you're going to do on race day. So you can use those equivalent performances that you get from the tune-up races to plan your pacing strategy for the five-mile race. And so I think tune-up races are are really important, but you don't have to do a ton of them. You know, you could do five tune-up races before this five-mile race that you have planned, JT, or you could do two. Uh, it sounds like you want to do fewer of them. So, you know, just find two of them, I think, maybe a, either two 5Ks, a 5K and a five-mile race, or you could do a 10K as well, because that's going to give you the equivalent performances you need to understand what you can do over five miles. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really, uh, really useful. As I go into these races, um, is it usually better to try to like be aggressive in these races or maybe be a little more conservative and want to end them with a little bit left? I'm usually a proponent of racing when you are racing. So that means, you know, a maximum effort. It means trying to run whatever the distance is at the best possible pace that you can do it, which means, you know, you're being aggressive. This is, this is a, a 100% effort. Uh, I think when we're talking about these short races, 
then we can afford to be more aggressive. If we were talking about 10 mile races, half marathons, you know, 20 Ks, you know, races that are that distance and longer, that's when you have to be careful because running, you know, a half marathon every other week for, you know, maybe three, four half marathons in a row, that's really stressful. And so it's not as stressful to do it for these short races. The recovery is a lot quicker, so we can do more of them. And because of that, we can also race them harder and we can try to race them at, you know, uh, your best performance. You know, as my old, one of my old coaches would say, it's your best pace for this particular distance. And the other, the other aspect to this too, JT, is that you're only going to get equivalent performance data out of these tune-up races if you race them at 100%. So while I do think there's kind of a time and a place for, for running races as workouts, uh, particularly if you have a lot of them on the schedule, or if you simply want to run a race instead of a workout, then maybe we can structure it a little bit differently. But for the most part, I do like to see runners race their races. Okay, that makes sense. I guess at like a 5K, if I go out way too hard the first two miles, I just don't like it afterwards because I didn't run what I wanted instead of just blowing my legs up and having it really affect my training for a while. Yeah. And the thing with that is, you know, you recover very quickly from that and you learn a lot from that too. And let's not forget that races are one of the best learning experiences that runners can have about themselves, their abilities, their, their own psychology, everything. And so if you do blow up after two miles and say you were trying to run, you know, seven minute pace and you did the first two miles in 13 minutes and you're just way too fast, you know, you're going to blow up. You're going to have a really poor final mile and then you'll finish and you'll feel a little bad about it for a little while. But hey, you learn something and that will better influence the next race. It'll give you that information that you can then use to run a better race. And, you know, at the other the other side of this coin is, you know, who cares if you have a bad race? It's just a 5K. Whereas if you run a marathon and you do something similar, you could have a really poor final 10K. And that final 10K is going to be hell. It is going to be very challenging. And the opportunity for injury when you hit the wall so early in a long race like that is much higher. And so it's just not as high in a short race and you recover a lot quicker so we can be more aggressive. I'm, I'm sure you're shocked to hear that I have done exactly that on at least one marathon before. Oh, I have two. You're, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, it happens. So one, one more sort of question about, about the weather. I'm a little worried that if I'm not running faster in my workouts, that I may not be able to hold that, you know, that kind of a pace uh, if it does get cooler kind of right around the, the race time. Um, so do you have any suggestions on, you know, if, if I do a, a, a race maybe in September, um, and it sort of gives me some, some times, but those, those times are really uncomfortable to run in a workout, you know, when it's still possibly really hot outside. You're right. It's very difficult and it's never a, a kind of a perfect process. And I think, 
you know, the hardest workouts in this current training cycle for you are going to be in mid-October up through your race. So the good news is that you are only going to be attempting the hardest workouts of your cycle when it is, you know, mid to late fall. And hopefully by then the weather is maybe not cool, but at least manageable. And you'll be able to run a lot faster than what you are today when it's 80 degrees at five in the morning. Um, So, you know, you're definitely going to get the benefit of cooler weather as the months go by. And don't forget, too, that running these workouts in the heat, while it is very uncomfortable, and I'd certainly encourage you to play it safe and, and not risk any kind of heat illness, um, but you do get a lot of physical adaptations that will benefit your fall racing schedule. So there's so many adaptations that your body goes through in terms of, you know, sweating sweating less and being more conservative with electrolytes and boosting your efficiency, all these things that are then going to help you in the fall. So, you know, while it is difficult, you are getting some positive benefits from doing the workouts in the heat. Um, so I would say for now, you know, we're, we're recording this the very end of August, you know, you probably don't want to be running any grueling hard workouts at this point. You know, you have just about three months to go until your goal race. So for now, you know, you, you can you can start flirting with some faster paces and, and goal 5K pace uh, and even paces faster than that. But let's not make the workout itself just overly difficult. You know, that can start to happen. Uh, end of September, beginning of October, as you transition to the to the much more race specific workouts at that point in the training schedule. So I understand that for a lot of training plans, you sort of want to pick a goal time at the beginning of the training cycle. And as you work through it, maybe you adjust it up a little bit or down a little bit, depending on how your training is going. Um, so if you're targeting I don't know. Right now in my head, I have seven, you know, seven minute mile pace for this race. So if I'm targeting that and I have really, really good workouts, maybe I knock it down to 655 or maybe 650, but I don't suddenly go, oh, I'm going to, I'm having really good workouts. I'm going to go try to run this at a 630 pace. But now with, when I'm hopefully training better and the weather getting better, I might get into a case where I see uh, through a tune-up race or my workouts that I might look at taking 30 or 45 seconds a mile off that goal pace. When should I start getting cautious about that? Or should I just let the the tune-up races direct the pacing for my workouts from then on? I would not get in your own way, and I would let the tune-up races speak for themselves. So if you're running workouts and they're going great, and then the temperature starts getting lower, humidity's not as brutal, and your tune-up race say you run a 5k and you, you run much faster than you think you're going to race. Well, that might mean that, you know, you, you should now target a 650 pace for your five mile race. And so I don't think there's ever a point where you should say, okay, I'm not going to be more aggressive with my racing approach because I think it's too good to be true. It's really just more of a matter of always adjusting and adapting your plan based on where your fitness is at. You know, sometimes you have to skip a workout. Sometimes you run a workout faster than you're supposed to. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Sometimes maybe, you know, you will get into a situation where, you know, you have a bad tune-up race and that maybe doesn't 
throw off your pacing approach for the goal race anyway. You just had a bad race and that happens. Um, and so one thing you can do is, you know, almost take each race as an experiment and, you know, you want to give yourself the best possible advantage and put yourself in a good position to run well. And so part of that is, you know, being realistic, but also being aggressive and being optimistic. So you might have kind of a, a, a regular training cycle. You don't have any great tune-up races, but you don't have any bad ones either. And so maybe you get to race day and you say to yourself, you know, I think I'm ready for a little bit faster than seven minute mile pace, but let's do this. Let's go through two miles in 14 flat. I'm going to run real consistent seven minute miles. And then from there, I'm just very gradually going to step on that accelerator and see how I feel coming through three miles, maybe with a 655 third mile. And then if that feels good, you try to do it again. And if you can get through four miles in instead of 28 minutes, now you're at maybe 2750. Well, let's see if you can run a 630 final mile. And if you can do something like that, then maybe your seven minute goal was a little bit too easy and, and you can readjust. Uh, and so if that's the case, I mean, if you get through November and you run this race and you're, um, you kind of blow your original expectations out of the water, but you did it in a way where you felt like you have even more in the tank, then I might encourage you to run another one or two races in uh, early December just to really give yourself uh, uh, an aggressive race where you can really go after it and see what you're truly capable of. That sounds pretty great. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. It, it seems like... Uh, I have sort of a plan moving forward on on how to dial in uh, a good goal pace for this this race in November, um, both you know from a, a training perspective and keeping it flexible and keeping it adjustable, and then putting in you know either time trials or uh, races fairly frequently, much more frequently than I would expect from you know my marathon training before. Uh, and, and just let that sort of dial me in as hopefully I get better at that distance and, and I get more trained and as it stops being so ridiculously hot. Well, good. I'm glad you have a plan. I hope you're feeling good about it and are now a little bit more confident about just the approach and the fact that it is going to get cooler. You are not going to be suffering in this weather for too much longer. Yeah, no, I've been here for, uh, for a while. I know there will be some magical moment in september or october where i remember that it's fun to go outside and run well enjoy it jt and follow up with me and let me know how that five mile race goes because i think if you can get in some good training and then test yourself in some tune-up races i think those are learning opportunities and they also give you the opportunity to practice the skill of racing because i do think racing is a skill it's it's difficult you know there's a lot of nuance to it and you really have to get comfortable with it over time the only way that you do that is with experience yeah, I will keep you up to date. This is the race that I, I have my five-mile PR at, so hopefully I'll be able to move that a little bit this year. Oh, boy, no pressure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, JT. Well, this was fun. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a lot, Jason. And there we have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and if so, an honest review on Apple Music is incredibly appreciated. As always, you can find show notes, links to books, resources, training programs, videos, and more that we discussed on the show at strengthrunning.com. 
I also want to thank Inside Tracker for sponsoring today's show. They're a health analytics company that tests for over 40 different blood biomarkers. And based on your physiology, they offer you custom solutions to help you optimize any areas that might be outside of what your personal zones might be. So if you're training for a difficult race, maybe you want to ramp up your recovery because you haven't been feeling very good, or you're just a passionate running geek like me who's always looking for more ways to improve you can get 10% off any test that they offer at insidetracker.com with code STRENGTHRUNNING at checkout. It's not case sensitive, and it can be used for any tier that they offer from the affordable do-it-yourself kit to the ultimate package. Just use code STRENGTHRUNNING to claim your 10% savings at Inside Tracker. Just don't do what I did and get a bunch of blood drawn in the morning only to go summon a mountain at altitude an hour later. Some lessons just have to be learned the hard way. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. And as always, if you have any feedback or questions, don't hesitate to reach out. My email is support at strengthrunning.com. And I'm always here to help. Talk to you soon.